beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Wildcard Conversations, my little podcast where I pull random cards with thought-provoking questions for my wonderful guests. I am your host Katja Bavendam and I am so grateful for the diverse group of friends, acquaintances and strangers who come on here with open hearts and minds. What they all have in common is that they have wisdom to share, knowledge to drop, stories to tell and I am so happy to hold space for them, listen to them, sing their praises, cry and laugh with them, and share a little bit of myself as we go along. On today's episode, I am joined by Jamie Filer, who is not only a beauty of a human being, but also a rock star personal coach who specializes in helping women improve their mental health through exercise and nutrition. Before talking about how she recharges from always giving 100% as a coach and how she navigates the business relationship with her wife Katie, Jamie shares some professional and personal failures that reinforced her core value of only doing things that make her happy. We do make some references to the L word, which for those of you who don't know, is of course the wildly successful scripted television show that follows the lives and drama of a group of lesbian and bisexual women. Shane is the fuckboy of the group, while Bet and Tina are the happily married couple. What does that have to do with my wonderful guest? Well, she, like most people, had to first be a Shane and do some things she wasn't proud of so that she eventually could find that Bet and Tina forever kind of love. Jamie is clearly very comfortable speaking into a microphone, so it was an easy episode for me to edit and hopefully it is just as pleasant of a listening experience for you. If you want more of Jamie, I got all the info in the show notes for you. And please also stay tuned for my key takeaways at the end of the episode. Thank you for being here. And now without further ado, please enjoy this fun conversation with Jamie Filer. Jamie, welcome. Thank you for joining me at 7am on a Wednesday morning. The dedication is real and appreciated. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You are, of course, super nice because you're Canadian. And other than being Canadian, I will give the listeners some background on how we met. We just met recently. I moved down from New York to St. Petersburg, Florida. For anyone who hasn't caught on to that yet, newsflash, I'm a Florida girl now. And one of the great parting gifts that some of my New York friends gave me was to connect me to people down here. So shout out to Mary. Mary connected yeah, Mary. us. Hey, Mary, we love you, Mary. So Mary said, hey, you need to meet Jamie. Jamie is awesome. She and her wife live in St. Pete. Jamie is a coach. She's going to be an awesome connection for you. And then you and I met for a sunrise walk a couple of weeks ago. So this tends to be, uh, or this appears to be our time to meet up. Uh, yeah, right. Morning. 7 a.m. Yeah. Here we are. So yeah, welcome. I'm super excited to be doing this. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I think the format of your podcast is super cool and super unique. So I'm excited. So you're a mental and physical personal coach. So doing podcasts and talking into a camera and talking into the microphone is obviously your sweet spot. And so if you want to keep your coach Jamie hat on today and stand on your usual soapbox and do your thing, that's totally fine because I'm sure the listeners will gain value from it. But if you want to be Jamie the wife or J Jamie the person who had childhood memories or whatever, that is also fine and welcome. So that's kind of the whole point here that I don't want to reduce my guests down to this like one thing. The one hat. That, yeah. Yeah. 
I say let's dive right into the wild card. Let's do it. Yeah, let's figure out what that what that card is. Okay. Usually I have six categories, but I've taken out self-awareness because that was what the last two guests picked. So we're trying to mix it up a little bit. So the five categories that you could choose from today are dreams, life lessons, exposed, courage, and beliefs. Oh my gosh. And I get one? Or you can get two, whatever. Let's start with exposed. Okay, exposed. Yeah. These were shuffled. I have no idea what's going to be on top of the stack. So let's see here. Ooh, I think this is going to be right up your alley. Okay, okay, Jamie, here comes your question. What failure do you feel embarrassed to talk about? Oh, my God. Ah, yeah, okay, I've got it. It's a professional. Ah, I didn't mean to put my coach hat on, but... It's true. I think, my gosh, actually, no, there are two. There are two. So the first one is uh, I tell the story of when Katie and I met, I was working for Canada's largest bodybuilding magazine at the time, and I wasn't happy with it. My boss was micromanaging me. He was a nice guy, but there were like five employees. So it was more like a family. So he would often like come down on me like, like a father figure rather than like a boss there weren't a whole lot of boundaries. You know, if he needed something, even if I didn't answer, he would still message me at three in the morning or at midnight. If he had a thought, we had meetings way too frequently that could have been emails. And it made me lose a lot of my passion for the fitness industry and for writing and for bodybuilding in general. So I think my lukewarm attitude eventually got to him and it coincided with Katie and I getting engaged. So he and his wife who owned the magazine with him fired me. And it was the first job I'd ever been fired from. I was 27, 26 or 27. And I tell the story when I recount the story, I tell people that I had to give up the Canadian job because I was marrying an American. And, uh, it is, you can't hold both right in, in between green cards or until you get your green card. You can't have any job, whether it's one in Canada or whether it's one in America. So I said that I had to give up my magazine job. And it's because I felt like such a failure that even though just because I didn't like what I was doing, I didn't give 100%. And to me, that's a failure because I give 100% to everything. So when one out of five employees isn't giving 100%, you now have 80% of a company. So that is probably my biggest professional failure that I didn't confront him first and say, you know what? I'm just not happy. So the failure is you not showing up a hundred percent, you just kind of being lukewarm and going through the motions. Yeah. I know embarrassment is a strong word, but the question was sort of like, you know, this is like a failure. You're not happy to talk about. And this obviously yeah. comes from the perspective of who you are now. So Why does it give you still such discomfort to talk about that particular moment? So it's interesting. Now it gives me discomfort because I am that person. At 26, it gave me discomfort because my ego was that person. And I was like, who are you to fire me? Don't you know? It was almost like imposter syndrome on steroids. Like I didn't have the authority and the confidence that I do now, but I faked it well enough uh, that I just got so angry. And the truth was, it wasn't anger. It was embarrassment because he 
he took my ego balloon and he popped it with a pin. How dare he? Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I think I'm curious what the lesson is that you took from that and how you make sure today as a more evolved person that yep. you always yep. do show up and that you that you're not lukewarm. What are your strategies? So when I told Katie this, and this was the case when we met, and she's like, how does anyone live their life like that? I told her, and it is still one of my core values, I don't do anything that makes me unhappy, literally, from my line of work to who I spend time with to if I have to cut a family member off in order to enforce a boundary to the sport. You and I spoke a little bit about it. I'm kind of a two-sport athlete. I dabble in both CrossFit and bodybuilding. As a function of that, I'm neither an incredible bodybuilder nor an RX athlete in CrossFit. But if I went all in 120% to bodybuilding and did what was required of me, I wouldn't be happy because I don't want to have an insane off season where I put on 30 pounds in the, in the name of muscle for the stage. But I also physically cannot handle five days a week of CrossFit. I cannot beat my body up like that at 35 years old. So I do both because both makes me happy. One of the lessons that I learned that I, I should have quit the magazine as soon as I started to become unhappy because there is, it is a very vertical slope. Once you start to dislike something or let, right. If you're in a relationship and your significant other starts to bother you, it very quickly begins to sound like nails on a chalkboard every single time they open their mouth. It's the same thing with a job. It's the same thing with a sport. It's the same thing with a family member. You've got to stop doing things as soon as they make you unhappy. That is not how your life is meant to be lived. I love that. And I think also, you know, obviously at 26, we're not as aware of our core values yet. And so it's easier to go against them. But yeah, here we are nine years later. We know our core yeah. values and we know how to stick to That's them. It. That's it, right? hundred percent. But if you, if you look back, I mean, we had this core value when we were what, maybe five or six too. You're done playing with a toy. You drop it. You don't need it. You, you want to stop eating with half of the food left on your plate. You're done. You walk away from it. You only do. It's like hedonism 101, right? But obviously without the violent or like making sure that everyone is still taken care of and you're not hurting anyone's feelings, but you still only do things from which you derive pleasure. And that's it. I love it. Okay personal story, personal failure. The personal failure was I was engaged to a woman before Katie about a year, a year before, and things were going really well for the first year. But after the first year, I don't know what happened. She was my second girlfriend ever. And I started dating her while still dating my first girlfriend, because I found out my first girlfriend also had a fiance. So Again, instead of calling it off there and then with her, I said, you know what? I will slowly let this Peter out. But in the meantime, I'm going to start dating the second girl. Okay. So eventually called it off at the first, started dating the second. There was no time for Jamie to explore her sexuality. There was no time for single me to actually date rather than be a monogamist again. So a year into our relationship, I started cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating. I'm going to say maybe 12 women in a 14 month period. So we were together for about two and a half years, but the second year and a half, I went through women like underwear and I'm obviously <laughs> something, I know there are podcasts in which everyone would be like, yeah, but 
I'm saying this because I'm embarrassed because that's not how anyone deserves to be treated. I feel awful. No one should be the other woman. No one should be made to feel like they are someone's option rather than someone's only. And I, I did that to someone and I wasn't raised like that. I was not raised to make people feel like that. And I could blame it on my first girlfriend who obviously treated me that way. So my self-esteem was rock bottom, not even baseline, but that's not the truth. The truth was I should have known better. I should have just known to be like, as soon as I even had a thought of being with someone else, I should have given her the courtesy of, uh, of breaking up with her there and then. Well, you know, you were a beautiful representation for the LGBTQIA+, whatever the, the current acronym is, until you just told me that story, because now we just know that lesbians are messy. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, I thought, oh my gosh, I totally thought you were about to be facetious, because every lesbian does that, so I was a cliche, and I am actually a beautiful representation of the LGBTQ community, because yeah. I'm just like them, but you, now happily married. <laughs> you are, but I think I have never been fully engulfed in the messiness of the lesbian community luckily I've been sort of on the on the outskirts of it where you're just kind of watching oh yeah that one slept with that one and that one slept with that with that one now that you're saying it I mean the l word right the one mainstream representation that we have is messy so just another chain here but now I am very much a locked in Bet and Tina. We're so happy. <laughs> I love that for yeah. you. I don't think everyone is going to get the Bet and Tina reference, but we're just going to leave it here. Happily married. We'll yeah. say happily married. And nobody's cheated on anybody. So we're good. Great. Did you obviously having to process through that and seeing your own darkness and being a person you didn't want to be, did you ever find closure with some of the people you hurt during that time period or did you just kind of have to sit with the fact that you hurt them and you've learned from it and they'll be fine and you're fine and ah so interestingly enough I did meet up with my ex-fiance um, one time when I came back to Canada and we sat down across the table from each other and we had an honest conversation. Now at the time she is, she was dating the woman she is now married to and has twins with. And she said, I think I took it personally. Oh my gosh. Also Katya, she was always more mature than I have ever been. So when she said this, I started crying because she exposed me. She said, I took it personally. I said, why, why aren't I enough for her? Why isn't my love? Why isn't my body? Why isn't my personality enough for her that she has to leave and, and go see these other women? But I realized it was you. You weren't enough. What I was offering made you feel like you couldn't reciprocate. So you had to go and prove your worth, your body, your status to other women. It had nothing to do with me the entire time. I think she ended up giving me closure because you always want to hear, I forgive you. So not only did she say that, she said like, here, here, wounded bird. I think you've got some things you need to work out. And I was like, bah, yep, yes, nailed it. You get, yep, you got me. You've always gotten me. And here we are. So in terms of her, yes, I got closure. She, again, she, she forgave me. She got closure. In terms of the other women that I was with, I hate to say this, but they almost understood if I would be like, no, 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 my, my fiance and I are in an open relationship. It's fine. They'd be like, okay, 
No one was crushed in the process. They believe me. I think a couple were repeat offenders, but for the majority of them, I saw once and that was it. Another one ended up saying, Hey, I'm going to start dating someone else. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, yep, you should probably do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no one else I'd like to think nobody else was hurt in the process, but if for whatever reason, somebody is hearing this and you're like, what do you mean? I was, I was January, 2016 (laughs) and I'm offended. Then please get in touch with me on Instagram and I will give you a heartfelt apology. Oh, that is so funny. (laughs) PSA to all the women, you know, like those advertisements on the radio if you purchased something from Ikea during 20s from 2017 to 2019 you may call that oh a class action Uh if there is a class action lesbian suit (laughs) yes please come at me you've heard it here first you are entitled to a heartfelt apology (laughs) yep and and then the you know the follow-up to that is of course I wanted closure from the person I had hurt but I also needed closure because The woman was so right. I needed to heal from that self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem. I needed to rebuild it. So funny story. We broke it off, I believe in August or September, went back to see my therapist, did a lot of healing in November. I got a tattoo. Your listeners won't be able to see it, but there's a diamond ring on my ring finger. And everyone's like, oh, did you get that for Katie? And I said, no. I got it for me because that is the second engagement that I'd canceled. I keep trying to rush this process, thinking that someone else is going to complete me and having a ring and having a life partner is going to make me whole. But the truth is the ring will always be there. The right person is meant to walk into my life, but only when I am whole. Literally six weeks later, Katie starts a conversation with me on Instagram and the rest is history. We meet in April of that year and we are engaged a year later. That is quite the turnaround. So you really, you took the wounded bird and you're like, okay, we're going to do some extreme healing here for a few months. And then here came Katie. Also understanding that from the looks of it, Katie is the kind of partner who gives you space and supports your continuous healing. Because as we all know, healing isn't like a linear, okay, I'm done now. I went to therapy for two months. Like I'm whole again. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Just from my own personal experience with having hurt someone and having been through a divorce, it was so interesting to be confronted with the fact that I, who didn't have bad intentions, ended up hurting someone that they were devastated and, and on the floor. Right. And so I had to look at my own darkness, character flaws. But that's part of being whole is that you see all of yourself, right? That you're not just, oh, look at me, I'm so great. You're also like, oh, look at me, I can be so shitty and I can hurt somebody. And then once you're able to love yourself with the shittiness, then you're also then able to love other people better with their shittiness. That's just the beautiful thing about healing and really looking in the mirror and being like, oh, everyone's so fucking complex. Everyone has a bit of a wounded bird aspect to them. And my my therapist told me at the time, she said, listen, you pick your part. When you pick your partner, you also pick your problems. Because she said this relationship with this new girl, 
who is Katie, she said, it's not going to be perfect, but that's not an excuse to go out and cheat. You have to decide which arguments are worth pursuing and which ones are you just like, oh, that's just Katie, or I will always be that way. She's got to understand that that's who I am. And it doesn't always have to be so dark, right? It can be a little habit that is annoying, but if she spent the first 25 years of her life doing that thing, there's not a good chance that I'm going to undo it this month. So I think that's also important to recognize that you cannot try to force a perfect relationship, whether again, whether it's darkness or an annoying habit or something to that effect, personality trait, just be okay with it because no human being, including yourself is perfect. Amen to that. Speaking of you and Katie, you also work together, right? So being exposed to each other a lot. Tell me a little bit more about that, because that just sounds like it takes such master level communication to just not bump heads, or if you do bump heads in business, to not let that carry into your romantic relationship and so on. So tell me more about that. How do you guys navigate that? Well, full disclosure, we are still, yeah, we are still navigating it in, in both in terms of the bumps, right? So that is to say, we still have our bumps. Obviously we will be navigating this as long as we keep working together. It started off. I was a lot more controlling and micromanaging than I needed to be. Now, the reason is because I had all of these business mentors Well, the reason is twofold. Number one, I had all of these business mentors whom I was learning from about taking on an employee. And I really just wanted to do things by the book. And it called for, you know, end of day reports and weekly meetings. And it's okay to touch base with all clients because technically everyone is your client. They're just being coached by someone else. Katie doesn't like this. She thinks of it as micromanaging, which of course I understand from her perspective. So I said, okay, you know what? To me, oh, and then the other side of it was the emotional side of it. It's that nobody could do a job as well as I can. I am the coach, like capital T, capital C, the coach. So it is up to me to make sure that my business is running smoothly. Both of those, well, this one in particular, the the emotional one is the limiting belief. Katie has an exceptional retention rate, meaning that her clients love her. And long after the three-month initial front-end mark, they are continuing to work with her. Katie knows what she's doing. Of course, if I learn something new about business, about a posting schedule on Instagram, about the TikTok algorithm, about a client's pain point, and what we should be talking about, she's very open to receiving. But when it comes to, hey, did you check on Zoe and make sure that she got her check-in on time? That is no longer my business. It's Katie's business, her clients, her problems, her wins, her successes. We also just, it's funny you say that because last night we were on Wayfair and she bought a desk that is literally going to go in front of my desk. So now instead of one of us working in the office and one of us working in the living room or the kitchen, this will be our office. So perhaps we can revisit this conversation after we've had a month of working in the same room. But the truth is, honestly, one of the reasons that our marriage works is because we're best friends, which means that A, we love each other unconditionally. We see the good, the bad, and the ugly in each other. And even when we disagree or argue, we always come back to center, right? Because that's your ride or die. We disagree, we take space, we come back. We discuss it always, 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 always. She lets me know if I wore my boss hat a little too tightly, 
And I let her know if she wore her wife hat a little too tightly and not enough of her assistant coach hat. So yeah, like I said, we're still navigating it, but open communication, right? One of the core values for the business is transparent communication. So if Katie and I cannot embody that with each other, the same way we expect it from our clients, then obviously a bigger discussion needs to be had. Yeah. And always so much opportunity for learning for you too. I mean, just just being married, you can learn so much, but then you add the being business partners to it. I mean, just for you, right. To, to get your you know, capital T, capital C ego knocked down and having to, to deal with that and having to go through, you know, through that identity being molded. It's just super interesting. Since we're talking about your business here a little bit, I'm super curious because I find that you live a life that I aspire to in certain aspects. You have made the leap from nine to five to being a full-time self-employed coach and you've done it successfully we got connected through Instagram. So I see your content and you're just constantly churning out content. And I'm like, that seems exhausting. And it's like, it seems hard to stay authentic when you have to, because you mentioned the algorithm and posting schedules. Right. And Uh I'm like, yes, like, what does that feel like to, because you're like a legit influencer person, right? Where that's part of your daily job and activity and life is that you're on your stories, you're on your reels. I'm not on TikTok, but you're doing the same thing over on TikTok. So do you feel pressure that you always have to like churn out new stuff? How does that all work? Okay. So there are two questions in there. And it's funny because one of my, one of my favorite clients who is, uh, who is Italian, but lives in Croatia and she's She reminds me a lot of my mom. And she said, you know, she starts every email out with darling Jamie. I love her. She said, how do you avoid burnout? And she said, you have so many clients, each one of them struggling with something related to mental health on purpose, right? That's my, that's my demographic. Not only do you absorb everything that we write to you and then send a heartfelt video back addressing everything, but you also post on Instagram, have your podcast do an email newsletter, post on social media on three different platforms. How are you not exhausted? How do you have anything left in your cup? So the answer is when you see an artist or a sculptor, right? Do you say, do you ever get tired? Do you get tired of like painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Absolutely. No. What? First of all, this is my lifeblood. This is what I was meant to do. This is Oh my God, that I've been given a gift to be able to help people mentally through fitness and nutrition is incredible and something that I would never take for granted one day that I am alive. And it happens to be a literal blessing that people want to give me money for the gift, right? But no, no one would ever say to an artist or a sculptor like, hey, you want to just stop? Because they're like, "I, I wouldn't know what to do with my hands. That plus compartmentalizing your problems as my client are not my problems. I have my problems. I have a really good way of dealing with my problems, but I have my problems. So if I took yours home, then we would have a problem, but I don't. Yours end when my video to you ends, because then I've volleyed the ball and it's back in your court. I've challenged you. I've given you resources. I've given you a worksheet. 
regarding anxiety or whatever. It's not my problem until you volley it back. And then it starts again. And in terms of the pressure, I I appreciate when people call me an influencer because I understand that in 2023, it is a compliment because it means you have influence. But there is a difference in my mind because I see the dark side of the fitness industry on social media between influencers and people who have influence. So when I hear people say, you're an influencer, all I'm hearing is you have influence. And no, that doesn't make me feel pressure. It makes me feel like I have a responsibility to continue to churn out content that helps people, that inspires them, that educates and motivates them. Also, I will die on this sword. Instagram isn't a moneymaker for me. It is a lead generation tool that gets people into my ecosystem so they can book a call and I can tell them how personal training can help them. So Instagram is the equivalent of me putting out a magazine ad or a radio ad. It just happens to be 2023 and this is how I'm doing it. But the end result isn't to make money on Instagram. The end result is to get you to be a client so that I can change your life. Honestly, I, I've never thought about it that way. I can, when you say artist, my analogy for that is a professional athlete because that's what I've done, right? So nobody would go to LeBron James and be like, oh man, after the game, you go ice and then you drink your protein shake and then you have to stretch and get a massage. And then you get up at 5 a.m. and do the weightlifting. Like, man, don't you get burned out? Like nobody would ask him that. It's just, he's just doing this thing that he's, incredibly talented and gifted at and he's taking it seriously and sees the responsibility of of using that gift and so yes of course there's drudgery involved in every job and in every passion but it sounds like you are lucky that you have found the thing that gives you enough juice that it can get you through the drudgery and through the parts that maybe aren't so fun And that might become a little exhausting. Yeah. And I think you can appreciate this also as an athlete. There's a saying, at least in bodybuilding, there's no such thing as overtraining. There is under eating and under sleeping. And that is to say, whether you do two or three workouts a day, whether you're a professional basketball player, even CrossFit athletes, right? They're going nonstop six hours a day, three, two hour sessions. It's not the work that hurts them. It's not having a way to recharge after not having a cold plunge, not having access to a sauna, a massage therapist, a chiropractor. That's what hurts. So even if my work was super involved and super intense, that's not the problem. The problem would be if I didn't have a supportive significant other, if my mom wasn't my number one cheerleader, if I wasn't making enough to be able to afford a vacation every now and again to get away from this office right? If I didn't have a dog even, then my work would be a problem, but I have all the recovery strategies. So the overtraining isn't, it's not, there's no overtraining for me. Got that. And so you just touched on it, but how do you recharge? Because I find being on my phone exhausting. Like I said, it's like you're exposed to screens a lot because that's just your work. That's just the nature of the game for you. So you're on the computer, Zoom calls, you're editing videos, posting them, right? So as part of this this job and this passion you have chosen, you just have a lot of screen time. So how do you recharge from that? 
I have, and it's going to sound so silly. I have a great backyard. You'll see it. I promise. Um, We have a nice pool and then a great patio, but we also have the lawn is like a U shape. So a couple times a day, I will open the door. The dogs will go running out and I will just watch them. And I will not watch them with my phone in my hand. And I will not watch them thinking about work. I will just watch them playing in the yard. Vitamin D for me, uh, oxytocin for me when they come back and I pet them, that feeling. This weekend, I was actually in my own pool, which is very unique for me. So that's the first one. The second one is obviously exercise movement in general. Even if it's not exercise, exercise, it's I go outside for a walk. Every night, Katie and I walk. We talk about our day. What was the best part of your day? Katie, in general, helps me recharge. She reminds me to breathe. She can tell when I'm frustrated. If I've been in here for three hours straight, she will open the door and like force her kisses on me so that I'm not staring at my screen and I actually take 30 seconds to look away. And those would probably be my top three. uh, Movement, getting outside in nature, and then Katie, for sure. And it's so easy, right, to when you have a backyard and dogs to put the phone away and just watch them yeah. and be be in the present moment. Yeah. Okay, I think we've covered it. You have worn your coach hat, but you've also worn your Jamie, the messy lesbian Shane hat. So thank you for that vulnerability. That's appreciated. Yes, you got it. I do have one final question for you that I ask all my guests to wrap up every episode. That question is, what is your greatest gift to the world? Wow, that is a really good one. My greatest gift to the world is my ability to make people think that there's nothing they can't do. Okay, I'm just going to let that one sit there and marinate. I think you're fascinating because you are in person who you are on Instagram, and that's hard to find Your greatest gift is to make people feel like there's nothing they can't do. I mean, thank you. That's a great gift you're giving to the world. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm waiting for the invite to the pool party. Yes. I'll I'll be patient. I might just come knocking on your door. I'll find you somehow. Be like, hey. Listen, if you want to pull me out of the office, that's that's more than okay. You know where to find me. I'm not going to force kisses on you. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because we just discussed it. I don't do that anymore. No boundaries on that note thanks again hold on plug anything you want to plug where do people find you podcasts what's all all the things yeah so you can find me i guess if i do have a podcast it's uh it's a three minute easy it's called monday morning mindset shift it comes out every monday morning obviously um but if instagram at J-A-I-M and then the numbers nine one. And I have a free anti-gym anxiety ebook that Katie and I created together. It's called Get Out of Your Head and Into the Gym. And it's a way to help people who are intimidated by movement, fitness, exercise, slowly work their way up to setting foot in the gym without feeling like people are judging them or anything like that. All the gifts, all the resources. Thank you. See you at the pool. Yes. Goodbye. Oh, hey, it's me again. I still haven't made it to Jamie's pool, but while I wait for that invite, here are my three key takeaways from my conversation with her. Number one, don't do anything that makes you unhappy. When something starts to bother you, pay attention to it and make adjustments before shit really hits the fan. I asked myself if this applies to someone who's less privileged than Jamie and I are, and I still think it does. 
Let's say you're working a minimum wage job to barely pay the bills. It's obviously not fun and a tough position to be in, but if you're truly unhappy because of how your boss treats you or because you hate your daily tasks, you do have the choice to look for another job where you're being treated better or that may be better suited for your skill set and personality so that you don't hate every second of every day. I think the point is that there's always a choice and your happiness is your responsibility. Number two, speaking of responsibility, when you have influence, it is your responsibility to use that influence wisely, and hopefully for you that means in a way that brings joy and value to other people. Number three, overtraining or going hard at what you do is often not the problem. The lack of recovery is the problem. That one really made me think. When I feel like I'm doing too much in life, I'm too busy or I'm spreading myself too thin, am I really doing too much or am I just using my downtime poorly and don't get proper recovery? I'll leave you with that food for thought. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe and follow buttons on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share the episode with a friend. And if you're feeling crazy, leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget... If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. 